Welcome to Confidence and Creativity, a show where we encourage you to show up for yourself and express your confidence and creativity in business and in life. I'm your host, Samantha McCoy, founder and CEO of Mission Key Communications, and I'm so grateful to spend this time with you today. Let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to Confidence and Creativity. I am so excited today to have on the show Raymond Isaiah. He is a staff sergeant in the U.S. Air Force, and he has traveled and been stationed all over the world from Texas to Mississippi to the Pentagon, and he is coming to us now from Alaska. So he has been everywhere and I'm so excited to have him on today. He is the oldest of four, and he enjoys several hobbies, including learning, traveling, and playing piano. He's also done a little something on YouTube. You may have come across his channel. He now has over 10,000 subscribers and over a million views. So Raymond Isaiah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Samantha. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for your time. No problem. I am so excited for this conversation. So how do you want to be known? I know you have a lot of names. So you have Ray, you have Isaiah. What do you, what do you want to use today? Uh, Ray, uh, Raymond, any variation of that. Um, I have a new found value for that mainly due to the military calling you by your last name. Um, yeah, Ray is, is perfect. Got it. Awesome. So why does the military do that? What's the logic behind that? From what I've gathered, um, so when you first enter the military, basic training, one of the first things they take away from you is your name, and they hand you a number. So it's something called a control roster, basically, where it's how they track everyone. Um, Obviously, you have your social security number as well, um, and you're essentially a number, and you start off with no, like they shave your head, you you just blend in with everyone else, and you're a number. You're number 24, you're number 8, whatever. Um, And then over time, the, one of the first things you get on your uniform back is U.S. Air Force and your name. And so, um, yeah, it, it's just easier at first to track people as numbers, just establishing order. Um, and then from there, you know, you get your name back. But, you know, everybody goes by last names. It, it's universal in that sense. Wow. I mean, that definitely sounds like hazing to me. So so do you do you think? <laughs> I mean, do you think that's necessary for, you know, because is it because the military requires so much discipline and they you're it's just kind of like we have to strip you of everything and rebuild you? Or do you think that that level is necessary? Uh, yes. Um, so if you look at the world long enough, if you look at uh your environment long enough, you're going to notice a sense of entitlement that most people carry with them. Um, and one of the first things that they're trying to establish in the military is that you cannot do what you're doing by yourself. You may be capable of it, but long-term efficiency is the goal. And so one of the first things they establish is, you know, small things like that we're going to set up and make 60 beds in six and 15 minutes. And so can one person do their own bed? Of course. But can you do 60 beds by yourself in 15 minutes? No. Um, with the team, with two people, with three people, um, they're, they're basically establishing a framework for you're going to work as a team. And besides, obviously, you exist, 
but we're putting each other, you know, as the, the common goal. Um, by working as a team, you can accomplish a lot more, a lot more efficiently. So they're really trying to beat that into you, but they're setting up a framework where you almost have to adopt that, that, that way of thinking in order to accomplish, you know, basically graduating. Wow. Wow. So what, what made you want to go into the military? Was it always something you wanted to do? Um, so my dad was in the army. Um, he did 20 years. Um, and it's, it's weird because you grow up, uh, I personally grew up on military bases my entire life. So you get used to seeing a certain way of it's order essentially Mm -hmm. where you have so much order, um, cut grass all the time, all the time. Um, the roads are clean. You never see a homeless person on the side of the road. Like it's just certain things that you grew up seeing that you grow accustomed to. And especially as a dependent, you enjoy the lifestyle because for the most Mm. part, everything is paid for. The government resources are abundant. So you have all these amenities available to you. You don't realize that somebody has to work for this. My father was at work earning all these resources. Um, But so as a dependent, obviously you begin to enjoy these things. Um, But even when you leave it, you have a certain value for it that you really didn't realize you had until you leave that environment. You go off base, you go to, you know, a college or what have you, and you realize I have a certain value for the military environment. Um, and it calls you. I, I can't explain it. Uh, I play video games with certain theme songs and it, it, it pulls you and you can't explain it. Like, honestly, you can ask anybody. And, you know, people have their own reasons for joining. And I personally had, you know, basically my goal, my, my reasoning for joining was for financial stability. So I was like, where I was currently sitting, I could easily provide for myself. But could I p- provide for a family with where I was? I couldn't. So I was like, I, I need to make a step, take a risk. Um, that basically pushes me. It forces me to grow. and makes me adopt someone else's way of doing it. And then from there, you know, I was able to establish myself more thoroughly and then realize I have way more options where I currently sit. While I still take risks because, again, financial stability is great, but you're not going to get rich in the military. And mm-hmm. by no means do I, you know, the hierarchy, my, my personal hierarchy is not, it's not to be rich at the end. It's to have options, resources, yeah. and my time. And so with that, with the financial stability I get from the military, I take risks with it. Hence the YouTube, the podcasting, what have you. Wow. That's interesting. So are you, do you know any other YouTubers who are in the Air Force, like people that you personally know, or like, did you just decide to kind of go this creative route yourself? Like what inspired you to to do that? Um, so this hat actually I'm wearing is the uh, YouTubers hat. Um, I, I recently got this hat uh, when I re- recently went to uh, Houston, uh, Christian Guzman, fitness YouTuber. I've been watching him since 20, probably 2011, to, around that time frame when I graduated high school. Um, he was the first YouTuber I ever went to go visit. I drove 13 hours to go visit his gym. Oh, wow. Um, and no, I was so intrigued by the fact that people are watching YouTubers eat food, full day eating. Right. Full day of working out, you know, watch me go do this, watch me go to the park, whatever. And I was like, that's, that's amazing how people get paid to just live. Meanwhile, I have to go to McDonald's or Walmart or Papa John's to go (laughs) solve a problem. And it makes sense that we're all solving problems. Hence we get, you know, financial reimbursement, but he gets paid to eat at Chipotle. That's wild. So, you know, (laughs) of course I I was intrigued by the whole dynamic and no exchange of value. So by going to visit him, I was just inspired to, you know, I pull up on their gym, parking lot full of, you know, Mercedes and Lambos and BMWs. And I was like, these people are living like this, a bunch of YouTubers, wow. all my same age. 
Um, and from there I was hooked that one visit to Houston, um, it changed. It changed my way of seeing everything. Where I was like, "This is amazing!" How obviously Google, you know, being a foundation, or whatever. Um, but still, providing value via you know the the digital world. Yeah. And doing something as as simple as being disciplined to work out, you inspire someone else. Therefore, you get paid. You know, via the the infrastructure set up. But I was like, if they can do it, there's no way I can't do this. And I, I have pictures on my Instagram. I have pictures of just watching them work out, watching them record. And I was like, all you need is a camera. You just wow. be consistent. And you start picking up the principles of how YouTube works, the algorithms and, you know, clickbait systems and what have you. But once I realized that it, anyone can do this, it's free. Anyone can do this. I was like, at the bare minimum, try. Bare minimum, I tried. First video I ever put out was a vlog. It was in a, around maybe a month or two before I graduated tech school. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in Mississippi. And I was like, you know what? Try it. And I just posted a vlog and we was going off base. I can't remember what it was, but it got like two views. And I was like, yep, that's about right. And I posted another <laughs> one, posted another one. Just kept, just why not? It's where the, they all started with one or two views, one, or two subscribers, you know, pay my dues. So I kept doing the same thing at one. I think I graduated uh, tech school. I was heading to Clarksville, Tennessee, where I joined from. Um, and I posted one video that just happened to be advice. It happened to be like how I got honor grad or how I got, uh, you know, basically you know, the DG or whatever. Um, so from that point on, that video sparked and I hit like a thousand views or something. And I was like, interesting patterns. And I was like, mm. the first pattern emerged where people kind of prioritized advice over a vlog, meaning they got something out of it, not just watching me live my life. And from there on, I realized if you provide value, I get what I want. They get what they want. Exchange of value. And from there on, you know, it, it, it's not so much just giving random advice, but documenting my life was was the goal. So document wow. my life in a way that I tell them what I failed at and what I succeeded at. And so I'm not telling them from a place of, you know, I read a book, come do this. Mm-hmm. It's, this is what I failed at. I tried this. Wisdom told me to do this. I tried this. I failed at this. I succeeded at this. Here's my take on it. And yeah. so it's never from a place of authority, it's from a place of documenting. And from that place, you know, YouTube started growing. I've never had a spike in my channel. I've never had a major, you know, oh, he, he, he went viral. I've never gone viral or anything like that. But it's just been consistency. Can I post a video once a week, twice a week? And now it's just every day. Can I post wow. a video every single day and give someone some value? Yeah. And from there, my channel grows consistently. Wow, that's amazing. That That is such an amazing journey. And I guess one of the things that I really love is that you chose to keep going instead of being discouraged at the beginning when you didn't have 10,000 views like the first one, you know, because right. I know now we live in that such this microwave instant gratification yeah. world. And it's just kind of like we want to be out there and go from zero to a million, you know, in two mm-hmm. seconds. So what have you always had that quality of patience and kind of, you know, discipline over time? Or how did you develop that? Um, so it was something I talk about early in my channel is my virtual mentors. Um, I, I prioritize wisdom over experience hmm. and th- th- there's a fine line between the two. I made a video called, uh, it's basically, it alludes to a book by Nassim Tlaib, uh, anti-fragility, how to gain from chaos. 
And basically, it speaks to, well, my virtual mentors uh, explain how some mistakes are immediately fatal. You see this in Genesis, how Adam made one mistake. One mistake. I'm that person that is trying to avoid that one mistake that tanks mm. me, tanks me as a human, as a, an individual, as an airman, whatever. I'm trying to avoid the big mistakes. So by using mentorship, you learn from other people's mistakes. You watch the news and say, hey, they did that. I'm going to learn from that and avoid that mistake. So I have a ton of virtual mentors. Um, it's just people that have gone through something. A lot of people are older, some are yeah. younger, but it's really just gathering all the information we have available to us. Hence, you know, the smartphone, the internet, it's, a, it's an amazing value in terms of, I can learn from millions of people all around the world from different places in life. You know, some richer, some poor, some in politics, some in religion, some in philosophy. I can learn from all their life patterns and incorporate those things based on what they've already gone through, not through, you know, theory and, you know, the, 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 the metrics. No, they've lived this. Yeah. I can take, you know, the chicken, spit the bones and, and apply those to my life and, and try it. And from that place, I, I really noticed, uh, especially like, uh, so when we refer to discipline, one thing that a lot of people get wrong about the military is they think that they teach discipline. It, it's, mm. it's a myth. Um, discipline is enforced. It, it's never taught. Discipline is simply making the right decision despite your feelings. So wow. when I get up at 2.30, obviously I feel tired. I feel cold. The bed's warm. But my goals tell me what time to wake up. That's okay, wait. My we, feelings. We got we to gotta pause for a second because I was going to go there next. So hmm. when he's saying 2.30, everybody, he means 2.30 a.m. Right. Okay. Right, just right. want to just want to clarify yeah. that. So how yeah. long have you been doing that? I can almost recall the date specifically, October 17th, 2017, the, the day I got my CDCs, which is just upgrade training when you get to your first base. So graduate tech school and your CDCs are just it's a book. It's a packet of paper mm-hmm. of everything you just learned in tech school. And you're going to go through all of it again and they're going to retest you on it regularly so i believe there's two volumes four chapters each and they test on each chapter you take a big test at the end and you 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 will not fail these tests the air force is basically it's the mental part of the the department of defense army is the the boots on the ground the marines is amphibious navy's water air force in the air but the rest of us is not that are not pilots you know testing testing so with that um I realized I cannot study after work. It just doesn't happen. I don't yeah. go to the gym after work. I don't do anything that's not Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime after work. <laughs> I'm in the bed. But because I'm in the bed, I go to bed early. And because I go to bed early, I can wake up early. And the first thing I do is grab my coffee and study. Study for an hour. Um, something I learned in tech school when I failed my I failed my first AFSC. So AFSC is just a job in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just fancy, you know, at, at, you know, name for a job, whatever. Yeah. Um, so after I felt my first AFSC, they reclassed me and said, this is your last chance. Good luck. So mm. from that, I had to realize I don't know how to study. And because I didn't know how to study, obviously I was failing. So no matter of effort could overcome the fact I didn't know how to retain information. So my next AFSC finance, um, I learned how to study. I cut everything. And I realized that you know, in certain environments, there's certain things you need to understand about yourself. It starts with self-awareness, self-assessment. And from there, I realized, yeah, retaining information is not something that I ever had to do before this point. So by doing so, I was able to pass, you know, top of my class, got to my first duty station using the same methods 
I studied my CDCs, but I realized, again, I'm not going to stay after work. I'm not going to do anything after work. So I need to study before work. I need to go to gym before work. If I don't make any videos, they need to be done before work. And wow. from there, it's been so efficient. I can't stop doing it. Even while on vacation, I get up early. Um, it may not be 2.30. It may be 3, 3.30. But when I sleep in, it's 4. It's 4.30. My body's just used Man. to it. And I mean, it's been working. I can't stop doing it. Wow. That's amazing. So now you're currently stationed in Alaska, right? right. And it's winter time right now. And they're on this, what, 24-hour dark situation, <sighs> right? Right. Yeah. So how does that, did that impact your patterns at all? Like, how did you maintain that routine switching to, to, to being in Alaska? This, this pattern I'm on, you know, getting up early, whatever. I've, I've tested this deployed. I've tested this pretty much since, since October 2017, you know, 2017. I've been doing this and nonstop. The, the day I landed in the, the Middle East, I landed at 12 midnight. I was up at 2.30. And I, I restarted that that method. I had to just go into it, jet lag and all. Wow. When I got to Alaska, um, when I got there, it was... I believe it was July 1st, so it was summer. Mm -hmm. um, same thing, same thing, 2.30. Uh, Alaska is four hours behind the DMV. Right. So, uh, you know, I had to account for that. Um, but, yeah, same thing. The one thing that keeps me productive during the winter in Alaska, right now I'm in Florida, so it, it's amazing down here. <laughs> Sunlight and heat. Ah, ah, it's right. beautiful. But the one thing that kept me productive at all, whatsoever, in Alaska was my routine. Mm. And if anything goes wrong in my life, I can revert back to my routine and see that if there's all this order, find the chaos, find what's out of order. And my life has been structured that way, at least since I joined the military, mainly just looking for chaos and addressing it. Just mm. check engine light, address the check engine light, stop covering it up, stop ignoring it. What is chaotic in my life and address it. Now we have peace. Same thing with my sleep schedule. The darkness, it, I'm telling you, it, it's the weirdest thing to adjust to. The light is the same thing. Um, but, again, your body is a machine, and you can program it. So by just going to sleep at the same time, waking up at the same time, I realized I can be productive, and my results are predictable based on the structure that I set in place. And by not deviating, as long as I stick to it, you know, stay disciplined. Again, discipline is a choice. As long as I choose to be disciplined, my results are predictable and my sleep, you know, has helped me mainly because I keep it the same. Wow. That's amazing. I definitely, I mean, I still commend you for, for that because, <laughs> you know, you still have your work. I mean, you don't just have a whatever job, like you have to have, you know, be fully in, have your right. brain all the way on, you know, really intense situations, I'm sure. Mm. Um, and then you've also <laughs> accomplished a lot with your work as well. So I know that you rose to the ranks of staff sergeant within just three years. So yeah. is that difficult to do? And, you know, how were you able to do that, you know, even just with everything going on? How did you, was that something you always wanted or did it just kind of, wind up happening so it's supposed to happen by the way it was set up um it's not done often it, the first time I, I even heard of someone making staff in three years was in tech school mm -hmm. when the first so when you first get to tech school you have a week of just briefings just sitting in a chair and somebody talking to you about stuff and you're sitting in blues and you're uncomfortable the, the uniforms are tight because you're eating good at the, the <laughs> and you're sitting there and they're just talking to you 
Don't do this. Don't drink and drive. Don't drive. Don't 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 have sex. Just just foolishness. And they're talking to you. Well, one of the briefings was a guy that they, they spoke so highly of, and they said he made staff in three years, mm-hmm. which basically means he promoted every single year he was in the military, um, maybe twice in you know, a single year. So I was like, if that's possible, I want it. Mm-hmm. And it's just the competitor to me um, that loves efficiency. Why do I have to take a test twice if I can take it once and get it over with? Yeah. So with that, um, you, need a, you need a little bit of timing and a little bit of luck. Um, again, the system is kind of set up for you to excel. Mm-hmm. So if you do give effort, again, discipline, they don't teach discipline, they enforce it. So if you don't do what you're supposed to do, they won't force it. So from the back end, you learn. But if you're up front, if you seek mentorship, you seek wisdom, you realize I can be proactive with certain actions. Yeah. So BTZ, um, I got that. BTZ is basically, um, so there's, you come in at E1, you basically, there's a lot of variables in there. But mm-hmm. basically, in tech school, I, I came in E1, promoted to E2 automatically, they give it to you. Uh, E3, they gave it to you, guaranteed. And then Senior Airman, E4, is the first one that you sort of kind of earn. So BTZ um, is given to you, but there's an opportunity to promote six months earlier than everyone else. Okay. So, again, th- that's just simply studying. It's a test. Um, but the test is live. So it'll be me sitting in front of four or five chiefs. And them asking me random questions out of a book. Oh, and wow. For me, I had the book for a weekend, which is, it's, it's a whole thing. But, again, I had a, I had a schedule set in place. So it was, I wasn't surprised that, oh, I can just study something else this morning instead of what I normally study. So uh, plug that in, study, and then uh, current events was another thing that they added to that. I, I, w- I watched YouTube that morning. So I, I just watched a ton of YouTube videos about current events, learned about the Jade Summit and you know what was going on you know, with NATO and what have you, and you know, retained information because it was through a method that I can emotionally connect with as far as comedy is concerned. So Daily Show or you know, all these different you know, comedy routines based yeah. on the news. So I easily retained it. And then from that, you go to a board and you're in your blues, you, you know, you dressed up, you, you sit in that attention, you know, all upright and what have right. you. And the chiefs just ask you random questions. And they're like, what about this? And what's the between Memorial Day and Veterans Day? And, and you know, just some are, are easy, you know, home run hitters, but some, you know, that they're, they're going to, they're, they're really going to test you. But the, the real one thing I learned from it, because I got the highest score on the board, um, which was the in-person thing. Um, one thing I learned from that is that they're looking for confidence. That, that's all they want. I got, I think I got two questions wrong, but again, it re- really wasn't about the, the test. It was about how do you hold yourself under pressure? How do you, you know, present yourself? And luckily yeah. I had YouTube, all the, all that practice from YouTube under my belt up to that point. So where it was almost like making a YouTube video, talking to them, even though I didn't know the answers, I, I, I can rationalize just about anything. So even if I didn't have the right answer, I can, all right, I'll get back to you. I'll email you. Um, but basically kind of, Wiggle your, talk your way out of it and wow. stay calm. And so with that, I got the highest score on that promoted um, with BTZ to senior airman six months earlier, which gave me, you know, a little bit of padding for uh, my deployment. Came back from that, tested out of cycle for staff sergeant, tested one time. Again, one hour a day of studying. I didn't study at all when I was deployed. I, I enjoyed myself. Abu Dhabi was amazing. Went to Dubai a couple of times. It, it was gorgeous. Wow. But That's this awesome. study at for staff came back from uh, their study an hour a day for staff sergeant and made it first time. And so through all that, all that, all those processes, uh, it was a three year time span. Um, so it was basically just promoting every single year. It's like, if there's an obstacle, 
make sure you just pass it. Yeah. And you should promote every single year for the most part. Wow. That's amazing. So it seems like you just have this system down. You are like, I know what works. I know <laughs> how I learn. I know how I retain. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the sky is the limit for me. So I know that I'm sure in your career, there's been at least one time, if not several times, mm-hmm. where you have just been like shaken, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get out of this? So if you're mm-hmm. able to, if there's anything that you are able to share or talk about, how mm-hmm. in one of those moments, how did you move forward and get past it? So again, virtual mentors. Um, there's one thing my uh, what my senior said to me, um, I believe it was, I can't remember the time frame, but I, it stuck with me and I, I forever remember it. He's, he said, you didn't get where you are by yourself and you won't get where you're going by yourself. Mm-hmm. Basically humbling me in that moment, because if a lot of people don't know, I, I'm over the top in a lot of ways when it comes to being competitive, I study a lot, I learn a lot. So when there's an opportunity to compete with somebody, the, the, uh, you're like ready to go. My energy rises. <laughs> So, so with that, he was really humbling me and realizing, no, a lot of people helped you get where you are. Mm. Um, and so by no means do I want to communicate, you know, oh, Isaiah is this and, and he's just a perfect thinker. And no. And so one thing I always tell, which is, is humbling to tell the story. Um, but I, I have to, it's on my channel. Um, I don't have a thumbnail. It's not a fancy thumbnail. Cause I'm not proud of that video. I'm not proud of what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but it's basically when I cried in basic training. Second week, sitting in my chair next to my locker, boo-hooing, big crocodile tears, crying like a baby. Um, and again, I'm not proud. I'm not proud of it to this day. Um, you know, as men, we 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 don't cry. Our tear ducts do not work. But I cried like a baby in front of 50 men in front of my MTIs. It broke me. One thing a lot of people don't tell you about basic training is that it's going to address all your vices in a mm. single moment because you lose all of them. You lose your naps, you lose your sugar, you lose cigarettes, you lose tobacco, you lose alcohol, you lose the gym, you lose anything that you turn to for comfort, any music, anything you turn to for comfort is taken away from you. And they hand you a book and they say, do what I tell you to do. They hand Mm -hmm. you a gun and say, do what I tell you to do. They hand you a book bag, they hand you a uniform, they say, do what I tell you to do. It's it's pure obedience, but you don't have any vices. Uh, So with that... Um, that was the first obstacle I had overcome because I was ready to quit. I was ready to go home. I was like, I, I, there's a better chance of me going to the NBA than dealing with <laughs> just the foolishness of these people yelling at me. And, and again, it wasn't hard. There was nothing yeah. difficult because it's pure obedience. They tell you what to do and you just do it. But the environment is it, just, it's different. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine. So, so what kept you going? So in, in my so it's something called a BMTSG, Basic Military Training Guide, or basic Basic Military Training Study Study Guide, mm-hmm. and it's just a book, another book you got to study and read, and you know you get a test on it. Um, so the whole the whole entire right, especially after that event, I spent most of my free time writing Eric Thomas quotes, anything mm. I can think of his voice of just we've been through slavery, you can't get through this. Um, you owe yourself a better explanation than quitting. Like just, wow. just and I, again, I would just write out every quote I can think of, just and just fill in the pages. And then also, at the same time, just wrote a diary of just my thoughts. 
And again, there wasn't a solution, but it just worked to give me something to do to outlast yeah. the pain, which is another Eric Thomas quote. It just outlast it. You don't got to mm-hmm. be the best. Just outlast this foolishness. I lean heavily on the wisdom of others, people that have gone before me, people that are way ahead of me, people are in places that I want to be in. It's nothing of myself. Obviously, God is the source. He's the, the resource. He's, he's the foundation. Yeah. But again, we were set on this earth with people. And I'm like, it, it is foolish of me to think that I can climb the mountain by myself and never question why there are bones next to me. Mm. Somebody tried this before me. So who am I to try to just go ahead and I'm going to run this race and I'm going to do my own YouTube thing. Meanwhile, all these videos are telling you, hey, watch out for this. Don't say this. Be careful with that. Uh, you know you should watch out for that. All this wisdom is laying in the streets and I'm here trying to learn via pain. I'm just right. on my head. Just, just <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'm going to yeah. do it my way. I lean heavily, heavily, when I tell you heavily, I study, I read um, hours and hours and hours of YouTube videos of, and podcasts of just me going in search of wisdom, wisdom. And it's everywhere. Um, it's nothing of my own doing. A lot, a lot of these, these theories I have, these philosophies, these structures that I have in my life are somebody else's. Eric Thomas mm. gets up at 3 a.m. He was the first person I ever heard. I'm like, why are you getting yeah. up at 3? And he says, because I can beat people that are more talented than me to the spot. Mm. It's just... Before you get up to be talented, I'm done. Wow. I, I beat you. When you, you got up at nine, I got up at three. I have six hours ahead of them. I, I beat you. And from that, you know, I just realized, well, okay, that has other benefits besides just beating someone. You give yourself structure. You, you give your sleep patterns. You give your body, you know, so, some discipline to follow. Yeah. And with that, you know, everything else just kind of builds on top of it where you just get more wisdom. You learn, oh, discipline. You know, I learned that from a Navy SEAL commander. You're like, discipline equals freedom. If mm-hmm. I'm disciplined first, I get comfort on the other end, not the other way around. So, good. again, none of this stuff is my own doing. You know, I, I adopt a lot of it and I preach it in my own way, you know, in the form of documentation. But it's not me. It, it's definitely God giving to others. And then I, of course I gleaned from, you know, the masses. Yeah. Wow. That is, that is amazing, amazing advice. So, well, I'm not at, at 2 30 AM yet, but I, I have started getting a little earlier. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I do see, I do see the, definitely the benefits about that. So one thing that you, you said in your, on your channel that I thought was really profound is you said that our goals can give us burnout. So what do you mean by that? And how can you avoid that? I can't remember who said the quote. I think it was, might've been Eric Thomas, but basically it was a quote saying that if you want to distract someone, you want to distract someone from a goal, mm-hmm. give them another one, just give them mm-hmm. extra goal. Um, Focus is is the main part of structuring your time is that if I have too many things I'm trying to accomplish at once, I will do nothing. I will accomplish nothing. Um, To do one thing at a time is one of the most rarest opportunities in the world to focus on one thing, one conversation. Can I just focus? That's why I love going to the movies because my phone's off and I can just watch a movie and retain and and just read the subtitles and just, just focus on one thing without distraction. It's why I study with my phone off. I, I study with the TV off. I study with coffee and lights on. That's it. Yeah. And just focus. Uh, burnout for me, at least happens when I'm not structured. So again, yeah. the two thirty does not change, but the time I get out of bed often does change. I don't want, I don't want at all to come off as if I'm just this robot that hops out of bed at two thirty. No, it, it's a struggle every morning. Yeah. Unless I'm on vacation like now where I'm up at three and I'm just ready to go attack the town and just run to the beach. But yeah, I was going to ask week, you, I'm like, what do you do? What do you do when you're on vacation and you're up that early? Read. Hmm. 
<clears throat> read and YouTube videos. And it's just... The reason I put learning in, in the hobby category, mm-hmm. I was going to put reading. I was going to put like pocket. And I was like, no, I, I just love learning. And I hate, I hate school. I hate it. Because for me, there's a big difference between indoctrination and learning. And like the, the two don't go together. Like it's one thing for someone to tell me the truth and, you know, historical reference or what have you. Right. And then I got to write an essay after that. And like, no, I learned it. I'm done. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, so yeah, burnout for me comes when I don't have priorities, when my time is not planned, when I deviate from my goals. My goals tell me what to do daily. My goals mm-hmm. tell me what, what to do in a given moment. Um, my goals tell me how to prioritize. Yeah. Um, three, three things I keep in order. What matters now, what matters most, and what matters more. And mm. it's a question you ask in most cases in a given moment where you just, what matters more than what I'm doing right now? What matters most right now? And what matters right now? Just, just constantly asking myself questions as far as prioritizing and just, just planning my day. Um, yeah. There's 24 hours, so there's plenty of time for sleep. Sleep obviously matters most because it authorizes everything else. What matters now, whatever I'm doing right now, doesn't, doesn't really matter. But if something's due in the next hour or so, this matters more than whatever I was, I was doing. So just my prioritization, um, the willingness to say no. Some people just, just keep piling on um, the fear of rejecting someone, the fear of dealing with confrontation as far as yeah. why you did not say no. Um, yeah. Saying no. Um, for me, excuse my French, but I have two ways of thinking. It's, it's quite binary in a sense that it's either hell yes or no. <laughs> You, gotcha. If you invite me to a musical where they're singing and, and dancing around, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I, I would not be there. You invite me to go to the beach and sit there and do nothing. Hell yes. I'm there. <laughs> it, it's easy. Yeah, you, yeah. you invite me over for free food. Hell yes. Uh, it's easy. <laughs> but by, by having that binary way of thinking, you eliminate a lot of fluff and a lot of feelings and a lot of, I don't want to offend them. I not? No, just mm. be upfront be direct. And it saves me a lot of fluff in my life where I have to plan so many different activities that I don't want to be at. So my time is more valuable. Um, It's my number one prized asset is my time. Hence why I plan it. Wow. That's excellent. So what are you, what's your advice for that confrontation of no? Like if you say no and somebody, you know, questions like, well, what do you mean you can't do that? Or why can't you do that? What is your solution for that? so I, I don't really deal with it much often hmm. um, as far as follow-up because I, I tend to be quite direct and <laughs> leave no room for questions. Right. Um, yeah. Because again, like the way people communicate with me, I, I control that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like perfect example in the military, we, we use mostly email to communicate. I plan my responses by simply scheduling all my responses to go out at 5 PM every single day. You get one chance to talk to me. And my response will go out when I say it goes out, meaning you can't respond until at least a certain time, which usually I'm gone already. I'm at home. I'm in the bed. I'm asleep. So (laughs) by controlling the inlets and the outlets, I I, I control the communication as well. Now, in person, it's a little more difficult. But again, I I try to be very direct. Um, There's really no way to avoid. Like some people are. So they'll impress upon you and they try to use emotional baggage and emotional reasoning. And I know, but I, I really just need this. And. So perfect example, homeless people. I struggle from a humanity standpoint as far as how to say no to homeless people. And I, I came up with a rule <laughs> and it's just, it works for me. Anytime somebody asks me for money, I say mm-hmm. no. Anytime somebody asks me for food or water, I say yes. Guaranteed every time. No gotcha. exceptions. And it, it helps weed out a lot of the, the needs 
for people who have visions. It's not that deep, mm-hmm. but for me, it's like I can never tell somebody no if they need food or water. Yeah. That's, that's just beyond humanity. But if somebody asked me just for money, you did not think long enough on that, that question for a random person walking past you. You could have been more specific. You could have thought that more through. You know, at least people that have the, you know, the fancy signs and, you know, they go viral on the internet as far as, you know, I really just want beer. Please give right. me beer or whatever. Um, those people, are a little, you know, they, they, at least they put creativity in it, whether or not they, you know, have ulterior alter, motive. But for me, it's, it's just giving people an opportunity to jump through hoops to ask me questions. So if I do say no, no, at least they earned it. No, but in most cases, um, most people will take no the first time and I'll yeah. have to like do a ton of follow up with them. Yeah, got it. That's awesome. I wanted to conclude with what is your definition of leadership? Interesting. Um, a couple things. So accountability, the willingness to give, and the willingness to sacrifice. Mm, um, I actually just went through the Airman Leadership School, so it's kind of kind of fresh as far as the conversations we had. But um, accountability is one of the number one things I pride myself on. Mm-hmm. Um, the the ability to say that when I'm wrong and to admit that openly and upfront and not you know jump around and, and candy coat it. No, I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, accountability is number one. Giving. Um, especially giving beyond your own hurt, giving, mm. you know, with no ex- ex- expectations to receive back, which ties into sacrifice as far as, you know, perfect example with my mother, I would sacrifice my life for her. That's my greatest example of love. It's yeah. the greatest way you, you can express your love. Obviously day to day, we use kindness to show that. Um, but in the moment and the, the greatest examples that we may you know encounter, sacrifice is always there leadership is simply going first but also remembering who's behind you and you know the examples that's i i i don't really like leadership or you know the cliche terms that are associated with it because a lot mm-hmm. of people just kind of get so book heavy that yeah. they realize i have to walk this out especially me being a brand new staff sergeant it's my goal to be a person a human you know just ray when somebody sees me, they, they don't just see rank. They see somebody they can communicate with, they can talk yeah. to, somebody who knows when to, when to give them a hug in and out of uniform, the human. And then at, obviously at some point the insignia turns on and you have to do the actual job itself. But the humanity aspect, it, it, it seems to be lost nowadays where we struggle so much to interact with people that it's almost painful to say good morning or, you know, to wait for response or, mm-hmm. you know, are you okay? Like, do you need anything? You know, and people say that, you know, nonchalantly, yeah. um, but leadership for me, it's, it's a human exchange, um, exchange of value, but someone who's willing to pick a direction. That's really the core of it is that a leader is deciding the direction of it and the followers, the followership, you know, aspect is someone who trusts them, obviously, yeah. um, to follow them in the direction they've chose and to even correct them out of love, you know, when, when need be. So a lot, a lot goes into leadership. Um, but the humanity part of it, it you know, it, it seems to be lost on America nowadays, but, you know, tragedy seems to turn those things around. However, briefly it, it may you know, occur. Wow, that's that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for all of your insight and knowledge. Really enjoyed this conversation. So if people want to go and follow and get even more of your insights on leadership and goals and how they can get up at 2.30 a.m. every day, <laughs> where can where can we go to find you? 
Um, so on Instagram, it's just at Raymond Isaiah. Isaiah spelled I-S-I-A-H. Um, you, you can use that for most platforms. Twitter is different. It's underscore Raymond Isaiah. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'm on pretty much any platform you could think of. Uh, LinkedIn, what have you, all of it. It's just Raymond Isaiah. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much again. And I'm so excited to talk to you. And um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your time. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. We would love to know what you thought about today's show. If you enjoyed it, please give us a five-star rating, leave us a comment, and share with a friend. I'm your host, Samantha McCoy, and you can find me on Instagram at smccoyjoy. That's S-M-C-C-O-Y, joy. If you're a business owner in need of public relations or communication support, reach out to us at missionkeycommunications.com. We also want to hear about your confidence and creativity journey. Send us an email or DM with your story, and you might be featured on an upcoming show. Until next time, show up confidently.